Well, I'm delighted to welcome into studio Philip Rampisa, who's the Managing Director of uh, Friend in Life. Welcome to you, Philip. Thank you. Thank you, Tamara. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, looking at your story, it's just one of those stories that uh, starts off, well, in, in, in great need, a child in great need with no parents. And do you, can you just share with us, first of all, where you started off in life? Well, Tamara, my story is I grew up in a family of nine children, and my mom was ill. She was schizophrenic, so often she'll be away from home. So when I was 11 years old, my father left us to live with his second wife. So we grew up being a bunch of kids that were really poor with no one to, to take care of them. Nine children. Yeah, nine, nine children, and, you know, it, it was just a struggle. And I remember in the final two years of my schooling, I had to walk to school about, you know, seven kilometers a day, and my shoes would be so torn, and, you know, my mm. self-esteem really got low. So that's the kind of environment. You wake up in the morning, not have breakfast, go to school, so you really had to push yourself harder. What made you push yourself? Because... There are a lot of children who suffer as you did, and it's so easy to almost to sink without trace. What did you have a mentor? Did you have anybody who said, you know, come on, Philip, um, you know, you, you need to succeed in life? Was it all in your head? It's you know, when I, one of the things that I did, I mean, I started working. My life started being normal after I, I, I achieved and, and had my degrees. And one of the things I did when I, because I felt this void that I needed to contribute to South Africa, because if we share our stories, we can find courage and hope from our stories and we can improve and, and we can better achieve our goals. And then I, when I was trying to remember what kept me going, I found a letter that I wrote uh, back in 2001. I was 19 years old. And in that letter, I pick up that I had a very strong image of who I wanted to be. I really wanted to be successful. And I remember it's in that letter. I was 19 years old. I was in pain. And I wrote that letter. I wrote a letter to God. And I was saying, God, why am I successful? This is who I want to be. So it's a strong image of of who you want to be that keeps you going when times are difficult. You got to university. How did that happen? I struggled to got to university for three years. I was unemployed, mm. so I was hopeless. I found a doctor in kindness that watched me for four years of my life struggling to succeed, and he decided, look, and he said to me, look, I've watched you. you you've struggled, and this is it. I want to take you to school, and, and he helped me, you know, go, go to school. You have two master's degrees now. I do. In, I do. in what? I do have. I have a, a master's degree in environmental science. I also have an MBA degree from that university. Hmm. So here you are. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, you yeah. are writing books and you are giving talks and inspiring the young. How do you go about that? Well, I think it is easy when you are young to forget who you want to be. So many things are happening these days. I mean, there's peer pressure. It's social media. Sometimes you might just forget who you want to be. And that strong sense of who you want to be and the contribution you want to make, not just in a short term, in a long term. We know naturally sometimes uh, young people tend to focus on the short term. So that strong image of who you want to be, because every young person 
wants to give something great. Every young person wants to give something that is beyond themselves. It's just that in, 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 in the daily routines that young people get to, sometimes that is forgotten. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do, I try to give young people a strong image of who they want to be. And I remind them that behind a Chris Brown, there's hours and hours and hours and hours of, of practice. Behind a Justin Bieber, there's hours and hours and hours of hard work and practice. Behind a Itumelen Kune, there's hard work. There's discipline. And those are the people that they admire. And I remind them that what you see is the end. You've got to focus on your own process. Yeah. You've it's got to craft your way and become the person that you want to be. What what is it? Ten thousand hours or eight thousand hours? I can't it remember is 10, which one. It's ten thousand. Malcolm Jarrell says ten thousand. Well, maybe at my age, I've re I've sort of achieved that by now. <laughs> hopefully, before I disappear off this mortal coil. But I, I think actually, as you say, practice makes perfect, and you've got to decide how and, and make a plan of how you're going to do it. Also, c coupled with that, as you're speaking, I, I tend to think recognizing who you are as well as thinking yes. of who you want to be yes. is something because that whole idea of living your life according to, to, to your interests and what um, the best that you can be, I think, is because not everybody can be a brain surgeon. We might want to be, but it's not in everybody's um, makeup. That is so true. And so I think recognizing who you are that is, is so maybe true. one of the first steps, I think. That, that is so true. Actually, the first chapter on, on my book that I've written for young people, yeah. Young Wise and Kicks, the first chapter is on, on passion, on just paying that little attention to things that that you enjoy doing because not everybody is going to be a soccer star and kick a ball like a Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. Uh, some people have a different gift. And if, when you begin to focus and, and, trying, and try and find your gift, you actually channel your energies into, into putting energy where it matters the most. Without mentioning names, can you give us a, a few examples of the, of the people whose lives you've changed through your talks, through your books? Well, I, I actually work with a, a number of young young people at the moment. But it's just a sad story that I'm working on now with now is a young person that is that is, that is caught in, in Lesotho and he reminds me so much of my story because he had four distinctions and I le learned so much from him because the first time I, I interacted with him, he had 87% in physical science and he wasn't happy and I asked him, why are you not happy? This is 87%. It's a distinction. And he said to me, I wanted to get 94%. Yes. But he studied in South Africa and, uh, and you know, he's, um, he's from Lesotho. So he's been struggling to get funding. And he's in Lesotho right now. He's been trying to get, you know, to, to get to vets. So I've been talking to him. And one thing that I've been telling him, because I remember when I was young, when I was struggling, there were still guys around me that were messing around and, and using drugs and, and smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol. One thing that I tell him is for him not to lose a sense of who he is and to keep pushing harder until something breaks through. If, if I had 40,000 right now, I'll take him to, to school right, right away. But we're just going to work together. We're going to crack it, and I'll do all I can to, yeah. to assist him. So I meet a lot of people with, with various challenges in different times of, of their lives. Some people just, you know, struggle in their past, 
and they try to, to, to reconcile that into finding a new image of who they are and letting go of the past and letting go of past failures and, 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 and trying to stop to criticize themselves and forgiving themselves for mistakes. And, you know, I, I just try to work with them and I, I try as much as I can to help them realize that through obstacles you can you can pull through you just have to focus on the outcomes that you need and just have that emotional fitness to try and pull through every day it is not easy it yeah actually, actually that emotional fitness is something that's really important that isn't it? because we all fail we yeah, all fall over we do, and yeah. that's the only way you can learn really yeah, yeah. you can be told to till somebody your parents or whoever is your mentor or whoever's around till they're blue in the face yes. but it's only when you go out you know because as children you know and as as kids who are just about to leave school or university even we know don't we? I mean, we know everything actually. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's not until you actually fall down a few times do you realise what life is all about and learn those important lessons. Yeah. Yeah, but as you as you're talking about those percentages um, with the young man from Lesotho. You know, when you think about how the Japanese view um, getting marks and, <laughs> and when you think about it's really tough, actually, and I'm not sure I agree with it. But, you know, if you get 97 percent, it means you don't understand 3 percent. And if you get 30 percent, it means you don't understand 70 percent. And so I could go on. But it's it wow. is true, isn't it? And, and it it, is. this this bid for perfection, I reckon 97 percent is perfect. <laughs> and I, th- I think 85 percent is pretty good, too. But it's that that. Um, reckon it, well, that aim for perfection, which I think we should all be not just happy with 50% or 30% or whatever it may be. Yeah, and what I learned from this young man, I, I actually started, you know, seeing a pattern through all the young people that have been achieving. Yeah. And it comes down to standards. They all have incredibly higher standards. And I think that just really applies to, 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 to our lives, even as adults. We've got we to gotta have standards about who we want to be, uh, what kind of relationships we want to create, what, what kind of goals we want to achieve. Hmm. And, you know, the higher our standards, the more we would achieve better and push ourselves harder. Yeah. Well, it also it sounds very good. Do you find, just last question, do you find you come across many kids who are just into drugs who you can help? Can you help them with just talking to them? You know, everyone has some image within them of who they want to be. Distractions happen. And when you remind people of who they want to be and what they want to achieve and remind them of the kind of results they can create for themselves and remind them to love themselves, Mm. I find that people react much better into that. I haven't yet dealt with a person that has been um, a a drug addict, but I've drawn a lot of inspiration from Pilani Dadler's story who endorsed my book. Mm. And um, I I really think once you're in touch with who you want to be, it just gets better. Uh, Just tell us the the, the, um, title of your book. It's Young, Wise and Kicks. Young, Wise and Kicks. And it's by Philip Rampisa. And you've got a website I've got a website. My website is www.philiprampisa.com. If the spelling is hard on Google, if you just type Philip Rampisa, yeah. you'll probably land into it. R-A-M-P-H-I-S-A.com. That's wonderful. Um, Philip, thank you for coming in. It's been inspirational. And um, 
I'm sure there are lots of young out there who would like to read your book. When, when you actually uh, speak to people, where do you where do you speak? Where do you hold your lectures? I speak in schools. Yes. I haven't started having um, f- workshops on my own in a venue. Okay. But I do get invited to speak to schools and sometimes so- to some organizations to give talks. Marvelous. Well, people can get hold of you on your website, Philip Rampisa. Many thanks for coming in.